Hello and welcome. Welcome back to Efficiency Rocks, a podcast for anyone looking to make their home more organized, increase their self-sufficiency, save money, and still have energy for the things you love. I'm your host, Roxanne. I work a full-time job, and just like you, I want to enjoy a well-kept home, engaged social life, and focus on my health and wellness. So I'm bringing you what I've learned, and I'm still learning, to help us all keep life flowing and efficient. Let's get started. All right, y'all. Welcome to a new season of the Efficiency Rocks podcast. This season, we're talking all about home-cooked meals. How to do it, where to start, whether or not to plan, how to make it easier, what are the benefits, how to save money, and what are you doing to help the environment when you cook more often from home. If you are completely new to cooking meals at home, this very first episode is for you. In this first episode, we're talking about the essential tools to get started. And there's only a few. And there are some pitfalls that all of us might fall into if we don't focus on what's essential over what might be fun. So first things first, you might be surprised at how short this list is. But I think you'll find it beneficial if you're starting out for the first time, if this is as far as you go, because you're not going to get overwhelmed by all of the gadgetry that's out there. And believe me, there's a lot. I love cooking. And it can be really, really tempting to buy lots of tools and gadgets right from the get-go. But you want to make sure that you get good at a few things before you go buying all those gadgets. Because you're likely to actually not use them if you haven't built up some muscle and you haven't built up the habit of cooking from home. And then you've not only... Um, wasted some of your time and your effort here, but you've also wasted your money. And if you don't go back to cooking, it's just sitting there and it's not serving anybody. So here's what you need if you're getting started for the first time. You need a good pot and a good pan and a good baking sheet. So when I say good, I mean that they distribute heat well, They're easy to clean and care for, and they fit and suit the size of your space and your family. So if you are a family of one, you don't need huge baking sheets. If you are a family of four, you might actually want to go for the larger baking sheet so that cooking in a large capacity is actually possible. you. So do keep that in mind. But you also want to make sure that what you're using isn't dented. And especially if you are okay with using something like Teflon, make sure it's not scratched. Okay. Everything should be in good condition. And I'm going to talk about why things should be in good condition um, in a couple of minutes, but just keep that in mind. You also want to make sure you have a good knife, veggie peeler, and cutting board. The knife and the cutting board are really important because if you are going to struggle 
to simply cut up vegetables, if it's going to take more time because you have a dull knife, or if it's going to be difficult because you have a cutting board that's too small, like those, um, those teeny tiny cocktail cutting boards that are meant for like all you're doing is slicing up limes, um, or the cutting board that slides all around your countertop, you're going to get frustrated. It's going to take you longer. It's going to make a bigger mess and you're going to get more frustrated. And so that barrier or that will translate to being a barrier. And that's going to make you less likely to repeat this process of cooking at home. So having a really good knife, a good veggie peeler, and a good sizable cutting board. You also want to make sure you have at least one large mixing bowl. I know that you can go and buy those like nesting bowls that are all color themed and it comes with like 12. Um, most of the time, <laughs> especially when you're just starting out, you really don't need that many. And your cereal bowl works just fine when all you're doing is beating one egg. Okay, let's not go crazy here. So have one large mixing bowl and, you know, pick your material, pick your color, have fun with that. But don't go overboard on having so many that what you'll notice is you go back for the same one over and over again, regardless, unless you're making multiple things or you have multiple dishes, which you're not going to do yet if this is your first introduction to cooking at home. You're going to be making simple recipes anyway. So do yourself a favor. Don't overwhelm yourself with materials and have one good solid mixing bowl. You also want to have a nice set of reusable storage containers. Like the mixing bowls, it can it is very easy and very economical to go and get a giant box that has multiple sizes and shapes of reusable storage containers. They serve a purpose, sure. But if you are meal prepping and you are cooking, you're not going to have a whole lot of use for 15 teeny tiny containers that are meant for salad dressing. Okay. So make sure that you have a few larger containers that can fit like an entire baking sheet's worth of roasted vegetables that you don't have to split it up into teeny tiny containers. Also, same as we were talking about in the previous season about avoiding clutter. When we have too many things, we actually tend to get overwhelmed and not use them at all. And it's harder to inventory and it's harder to manage. It's harder to keep clean and keep organized. So start kind of minimal here. Have a few larger containers and a couple of single serve containers that you might actually take with you to lunch or school and leave it at that. You don't need to have a ton here. Okay, so that's your list. That's what you need to get started. Now, if you start off making recipes that require food processors and zesters and multiple devices to get the meal done, you're likely to get overwhelmed. If you are new to home cooking, you want to stick with the most basic of basics. That means basic recipes as well. So a big mistake that people tend to make when they start cooking is that they think that everything requires this really extravagant Pinterest level recipe with decorative garnishes and such. And they really don't. Um, home cooked meals can be three to five ingredients, really simple and really nutritious and fast. And that's where it's at. If you want this to be an, 
efficient process that gets the job done. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that everything has to be multi-course, multi-level, you know, chef-rated recipes. Stay simple. Now, in keeping with this idea of tools, be sure that your oven and your range are clean and in working order. If you have a finicky pilot or a burner that doesn't work or, you know, only half of it lights up, if your oven temperature is off by more than 20 degrees and you're constantly needing to adjust cooking time or cooking temperature, uh, if you have a shelf in your fridge that always freezes things, your brain is going to interpret these inconveniences as barriers. And it's going to prevent you from being productive in the way that you're seeking to be productive. So make sure that everything works and is working well, is easy to keep clean, and that those are not the reasons that you have a barrier to cooking at home. Your tools should be tools. They should be things that make the job easier, not harder. Okay. Um, for example, if the hood vent on your oven isn't venting properly and therefore it makes the house smoky and stinky from cooking onions, that might actually make you less likely to do the meal prep because it's this eye roll moment of, ugh, here we go again. I'm going to, I'm going to make the whole house be smoky and it's irritating to me. That's going to create a barrier in your brain. So make sure that if you need to repair something, you do that right away. Do it before you try to commit to home cooking, before you invest more money in new tools or new cookbooks. Make sure that what you have is all in working order. Be comfortable in your kitchen, okay? If you have back pain from standing in your kitchen, get one of those squishy mats that helps alleviate some of that. If an extra fan means that you enjoy cooking more because it doesn't make the whole house smell, go ahead and get that extra fan. And then be sure that you have a really good light in your kitchen or just good lighting in general in your kitchen. This is something that people don't think about. But if your kitchen is dark, you're going to have a harder time maneuvering in there. You're going to be slower without even realizing it. And you're going to feel more tired and drained when you're in a dark room, right? We know that having nice bright light helps us feel more awake. Your kitchen is no exception to that rule. And if you're looking to spend more time in the kitchen, make sure that you can see, <laughs> not just from a safety perspective, but from this emotional perspective as well. You will feel more inclined to be in there and more comfortable being in there if you can see properly. So have good lighting, have good maneuverability, and have good tools. Another favorite tool of mine is painter's tape and Sharpies. I use painter's tape to label and date my containers so that there's no guesswork in what's in there or how old it is. I know that there are um, reusable containers where you can write on the top with like a wet erase marker or a dry erase marker rather and then just swish swish it off. But here's the problem with that. Um, if there's a casserole dish in my fridge, I can't see the top of the dish. And I'm not particularly short or anything. I just, it's on a shelf. 
at eye level or above. And oftentimes there's things stacked on top of it where the label is. So it doesn't seem very practical to me that the top of the container is where the label would be. So I put it on the side with a little piece of tape. Um, sticky notes work fine too. They just get knocked off really easily. So those little pieces of painter's tape really get the job done. Also, when you label things and you date them, don't forget the date, you're less likely to play that game, the mystery game of what's in this and how old is it. So if you're able to see something progress in age, it'll keep it more up front and center of when you need to use something by. How quickly do you need to get through it? And when you're rushing out the door in the morning too, you're not going to say, oh, I'm not too sure about that, but I don't have time to test it. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to grab it and I'll grab something on my way to work. You can avoid that by taking a few extra minutes to label what you've made. All that hard work you just put in, you don't want it to go to waste now, right? Label your stuff. Label it, date it. No more mysteries. Now let's talk about cookbooks. We love cookbooks. They have really wonderful pictures. We love the idea of creating something beautiful and tasty and nutritious. But not all cookbooks are created equal. So if you like using cook cookbooks for a reference, I have one point of advice here, and that is to focus on themed cookbooks. So what I mean by that is select cookbooks that are centered on something central. So it might be the five minute meals thing. Those are fantastic because the ingredients tend to be straightforward, um, repeatable recipes, stuff that you can bulk cook or do in smaller batches if you're a smaller family. Um, it's also great to grab things like the slow cooker meals or books that are just focused on pasta, okay? The issue with the books, you know, that are kind of, they're done by our, by our favorite chefs, our most famous celebrity chefs on different, you know, uh, television networks and such, is that they cover too much ground. And because of how much ground they cover, you're not likely to actually use everything that's in there. But if you get these themed cookbooks, and it's a theme that you really enjoy, whether that's a cultural theme or a typical meal or the, the quick um, quick five ingredient, five minute meal, whatever kind of orientation, you're more likely to actually use a higher proportion of those recipes. The problem with those all-inclusive recipes done by our favorite celebrity chefs isn't that the recipes aren't good. It's just that it gets overwhelming to us of how much is in there and what it takes to select something from that book. And check out the library, y'all. The library is swimming in really great cookbooks, including those ones by the celebrity chefs. That's the time to get something that maybe you only use one recipe from, or maybe you've never tried that type of cuisine before. Don't clutter up your life by buying things that you only use small portions of. Go ahead and use your local library for that. It's a wonderful resource. And then of course there's things online. You do always wanna be sure that the recipe you're using from online um, is a good one. <laughs> and you don't always know that. Sometimes they're, sometimes they're just wrong. So proceed with caution there. Um, but 
do use things like cookbooks. Don't be afraid that you can't have them, but be selective about which ones you choose to be occupying space in your kitchen. All right, those are the tips for getting started in the kitchen. Your tools, if you are completely new to this, are the good pot, pan, and baking sheet, the good knife, peeler, veggie peeler, and the cutting board, at least one large mixing bowl, and a modest set of reusable containers. Make sure that your kitchen is set up for you to be able to maneuver and see well. Make sure everything is in working order. And then make sure you're prioritizing simple recipes. This does not have to be complicated. It can be simple and straightforward with very few ingredients. And hopefully, you feel good about all the choices that you make. This has been Efficiency Rocks. I am Roxanne. Don't forget to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram at Efficiency Rocks, spelled R-O-X, for additional content. I'll catch you in the next one where we're going to talk about whether to plan or not meal plan. Stay tuned.